press this button and you do this. Good evening, what Apollo Fit Stoke Nation. Welcome to the pod uh, with Maz, myself, and my co-captain. Jimmy, how are you, mate? Good, thanks, mate. Very good. Made me introduce myself. I thought you were going to give me a little intro. I just like to change it up, you know, keep you on your toes, make you adapt to conditions. Yep, nice. Uh, nice, nice, nice. Good cognitive behaviour. That's it. Uh, Jimmy, straight off the bat, um, we have to do this now because I'll forget. Um, I was thinking about my question for tonight's pod. Yep. And there was a huge UFC fight on the weekend, so I'm a bit still buzzing from it. But I was thinking, what if you were a fighter, boxer, UFC fighter, or martial arts, what song would you walk out to? Bit of a classic question, but what would you uh, walk out to? It'd vary. I wouldn't be the same each time. Unless unless I'd had to win the one before and I'd probably superstitiously keep the same one. Yeah. Uh, but I reckon I'd go a little bit of... You got a can sample you pick for it? us? Can you pick it? The uh, white, no, white stripes. White stripes. Seven Nation Army. Picture that walking down the steps of Dorney as we dive in. Would you, um, if you're a fighter, would you what? Would you carry a flag? Would you have like a half Maltese, half Australian flag? Or would you? Well, I'd probably just go dressing gown. And are you, you are you a boxer or a UFC fighter? Old school boxer. So would you go in a in a big robe, baggy shorts, any particular color? Black. All black? Black, all black. The yep. classic? Yeah, classic. Yeah. What yeah. about you? What's your uh, start with? What sport are we playing? Well, um, yeah, for me, yeah, I froth on UFC, obviously, mixed martial arts. Um, but the reason why also I sort of thought of this question is that Australian heavyweight uh, Tai Tuasa, uh, which some people may know. He used to play a bit of footy as well. I think he played for Roosters, uh, made a couple of games. But I was kind of looking at his, he's got a fight coming up, so I was looking at, um, you know, his, his sort of profile Instagram and I came across um, all the songs he came out to and in his bit of a quirky and character. what are we kind of thinking? A bit of rap, a bit of well, like you would hardcore, think what are you kind of, to old school heavy metal? To us, he's, um, yeah, you would think, you know, he's, he's an islander and, you you know, you think he'd be kind of a bit of a gangster type style. Um, but his first fight, he walked out with a... Um, a thousand miles by Vanessa Carlin, which I don't have the, I don't have. The, I should have prepped the, uh, the, the soundbite, but I think people will probably know it. Can you hum some for us? Maybe uh, sing it for us a little bit. No, I got nothing. You? Nah. Uh, but it's not like for listeners, probably female listeners, they'll probably know the song straight away. So it's not your typical hardcore uh, song. His second song or his second fight, he walk out to the horses, which is an Australian classic, which is a good track. Daryl Braithwaite special. It is a but good he's track. He's been back in the news lately. He's got a new single out. Oh really? Yeah. Is it a banger? Oh, it's no horses. Oh, okay. Well, horses is like I actually would be. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy with a song actually. And then his last song, which we got a bit of hate from Dana White, was the classic from Titanic. But I think it was Celine Dion. Is that uh, my, yeah, heart my heart will, will go, go on. on? And yeah, he got in a bit of trouble for that one. The UFC wasn't too happy, but 
in saying that, I think it was a pretty clever move because every time he walked out, the crowd was super into it and he got a crowd pumping. So well, it gets people engaged, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what inspired me to this question. My song, um, I went a bit of gangster, even though I got nothing gangster about me, but I went with uh, Jay-Z and Kanye West, Who's Gonna Stop Me Now? I'll play with a sample. Yeah, okay, we're gonna get done for uh, copyright. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> so no one telling us that. Only played a few seconds. But anyway, um, yeah, that's. Uh, I think I'll stick with this song, and I think it all depends if you win or lose, right? Uh, yeah. You want to stick to um, your um, stick to what works. What works, yeah. But because for me, it's the energy level. It's not necessarily like a, um, a stu- superstitious thing. It's like it gets you in the right energy, the right mindset, ready to play. It's a fine line between being too psyched and not psyched enough, right? Like uh, I think I mentioned this story in a pod before, but I remember listening to uh, Tupac, the um, Hit me, Hit Him Up yep. uh, song with a lot of naughty words. How long did you last in that game? I got rolled in the first quarter. Yep. So I was like... Um, <laughs> So it's like that fine line of being too too G'd up or, you know, not G'd up enough. So, be yeah. good. Uh, big show tonight. Um, big show. I think we're going to talk about a few game changes. I think we're going to talk a little bit about the what the ideal setup looks like. And if we've got time, we might even look at what the uh, ideal water polo player looks like. So just kind of building the best. Sorry, I'm just playing a bit of footsies with you. Yes, wait. So, what inspired this topic, Jimmy? Well, look, do you know what? I'm into I'm into my golf. I like my golf. Was watching the um, watching one of the US the US Open last week, and Bryce and it was a at a course called Wingfoot, right? Meant to be one of the hardest golf courses in the world. The last time that um, where is it? New York. Yeah, nice. And um, the last time someone won there, it was they only just made par. Oh wow! How would Um, you go on there? Mate, shocking. Yeah. Absolutely shocking. How many balls? From the first hole? Yeah. Oh, mate, 100. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it's really difficult course. Everyone was like, how are they going to play it? How's it going to be? And now Bryson DeChambeau. Where is he, he from? It, right? American fella. Yep. He won. Uh, during, um, during COVID, he took the opportunity to completely relook at his game. He put on about 30, 40 pounds. So you look at him, he physically looks... What's that, 15 kegs? Yeah, 15 kegs. Yeah. And it's all it's all muscle. Yeah, yeah, nice. And he's hitting the ball out of the park, right? Absolutely hammering it. So where everyone was like really focused on hitting fairways, hitting the percentages, getting up the, up the fairway, having a, a good approach at the hole, he's just whacking it as just hard aggressive. as he possibly can. And you look at how hard he swings the club... And he's getting distance and uh, he can do it because he lo- it doesn't go on the fairway. It goes off into the rough. But his rough game and his short game is incredible, right? So he's belting it a hell of a long way and then having a short pitch and a putt. Yeah, and he's really right. good at that part of it. But all these other guys are sort of hitting it up the fairway, playing the safer options. And so... Look, who knows what the next tournament will be like, but he's kind of revolutionised the way that people tried to play that course. More aggressive. More aggressive. What um, did he finish up on, do you know? Well, he won. I don't know what these... Yeah. Uh, a couple of unders. Yeah, a couple of unders. Um, but yeah, blitz them. 
So what uh, that got me thinking about who have been the big game changers? What have been the big game changers? Let's start with sport, then have a look at um, at water polo. Um, well, okay, I'll go first. Uh, for sport, uh, I'm going to go with a um, – I'm actually going to go with UFC theme. Um, so in recent years, I think the big sort of changes of, you know, people that kind of um, have really changed approach to the fighting game, uh, you'll have to go with Conor McGregor. Um, traditionally, if you're a really good wrestler, uh, if you've got a really strong jiu-jitsu, you would do well in UFC. Uh, yeah. But Conor sort of came out. And even though he's got a sound jiu-jitsu and uh, sound um, um, wrestling, he sort of just focused on his strength, which was his left hand, really fast, not being touched, and really good movement. So um, he sort of changed it a bit. And not only that, he sort of changed it off the field in the sense he really um you know like it, it showed that if you want to earn money in sport you got to promote yourself and he was obviously very talented in talking up the big game and building the hype for the fights and he collected um the paycheck so i think he's on a track to be one of few athletes to earn a billion dollars um so and i think he's in a company of obviously michael jordan um uh, May, uh, Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, and I want to say um, uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton's up there as well. So there's a few. I'll have to double check the last one, oh, but I know definitely Floyd and Jordan are definitely in a billion dollar club. But do you watch the F1 at all? I really got into it after watching the doco uh, on Netflix, The Drive to Survive, which I really got into it. Do you watch it on the weekend? And um, no, I didn't. I saw the results, but I didn't watch the weekend. What happened? So, long story short, so Hamilton got two five-second penalties, right? Blamed it on his team. It was their fault. Like, they told him the wrong thing. But he carried on like an absolute pork chop. Oh, cool. He carried on like an absolute twat, right? And this is the guy who is winning the, winning the championship by 44 points. Like, he's going to win another world championship, right? Carried on like an absolute pork chop. Daniel Ricciardo... Got a penalty as well, right? <laughs> He'd been working with his team. His team had sort of told the car in front, look, we're on a different strategy for it from you guys. At the moment, we're on a go-fast strategy, so can you let our guy pass? So they said, yeah, yeah, can't. Didn't really give him the space that he needed to. He ended up cutting a corner, got a penalty for it, right? Comes over the radio going, oh, look, Daniel, you got a... Um, you got a penalty, mate, sorry about that. And he goes, mate, that's not a problem at all. Just means I've got to go faster. Yeah. How's the difference in mentality uh, and he's, attitude? He's like very, um, very liked to Daniel. Um, but yeah, like uh, uh, listening to the story, like this is going to be, I think, second race in a row to Hamilton. It's not going to finish in top three where he's used to. He was on. He was still on the podium. Oh, was he? He still okay. finished third, I think. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. But he went to the winner's podium. Oh, re- oh, yeah, because it's so used to her. Yeah. yeah classic. Yeah, uh, he's a vegan, so that's probably why, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's a vegan, <laughs> but... Oh. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so um, for me, um, Connor comes into mind, and then locally for water polo, uh, I don't know, like I probably haven't really put too much thought into it, but I really liked how um, on international uh, Japanese rocked up and how they sort of tried to do something different. 
uh, that play that defense and attack and play my mobile game. Yeah. I really enjoyed that, and they seem to have bit of success early, but unfortunately for them, teams have worked them out. So it'll be interesting to see if they can. Yeah, what do you reckon is going to happen come once um, once international water polo is playing again? How do you reckon they would have taken this time out to adapt again, yeah. come up with something new, come up with something different? You would like to think, you know, like I, I don't know, like I, you like to think that if you're a coach, you can sit down and just kind of rock up to Olympics with something so different and blindside people, and I'm not sure what it looks like, um, but. There's got to be a way, right? There's got to be some, There's always a way to do something different, right? So, um, I don't know. Like, I always have thought about, you know, and this is a bit quirky, but, like, you know, why do we play extra man with four across and two at the top? You know, is there a better way? Like... Well, look, it, it does come down to numbers and space. Right? Yeah. That's why sometimes you play a 3-3. Three, three and now look, you look at a lot of teams when they're counter-attacking now, they don't go into a straight 4-2. They go yeah. into a 3-3 three, three, even if they've got the extra man, right? So even if they've got a break, they go into a 3-3 three, three setup and then maybe drive into a 4-2 to create to create space. Yeah. And, and, and it is a numbers game, right? You do need to be able to have space and be able to create more space for, for your team. Like you couldn't have a 2-4. Because then you just mm. your wing players would be too far out from and too high to be able to attack. I was thinking them. more offsetting one side, a left side, a right side, just kind of crowding a space um, to potentially open up space. And you know, like a, and, and look, look, the teams have done the, the driving on extra man where they yeah, rotate yeah. around and. And and even on no, even on normal attack, remember yeah. that you guys did it years ago. They used to drive um, the six position across the field to create a one on one situation yeah. with the driver coming in on that side. So, so yeah, so I don't know yeah. what it is, but I feel like there will be something, and someone's going to come out with it. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, yeah. you know. And I think if you want to do that at a major tournament, you've got to have. It's got to have depth to it, yeah. Because coaches and players are smart enough to work something out. If they see something in a game, you, you might get a result from that game. Yeah. But there's other people watching it and they'll come up with a plan to nullify that. So I think if you are going to come up with something quirky, it's got to be more than a gimmick. It's got to be something yeah. that you you believe in and, and, and take that approach going forward. Well, I think Americans, water polo, they do have plays because they're sort of influenced by NFL. Yep. And I kind of like I like the idea of – I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of in between. I like the pure – when people react and kind of create to, you know, to do what's in front of them and mm. just, but I also do like to set place, you know. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's why some college players have come out to Australia, been amazing at college. They come I out am. here and, and we don't, uh, we don't have the structure that yeah. those sort of teams have and we don't have, a lot of it is more off the cuff water polo. We get used to playing with each other. We know we know how each other plays. Yes, the structures and systems that we get to, but it's like I'm not calling a, a play ten four three two now. Yeah, like it's and this play goes to there, and you're the shooter. Because if we had that play, you'd just be calling it every time. Yeah, totally. I like the um. I think Fremantle did it uh, once, and if you really think about it, um, if you're attacking with extra man, so four two from formation, <coughs> you're actually exposed to counter attack every time. Yeah, you know, and I have seen. I think Fremantle against Sydney Uni years ago. They actually purposely uh, would uh, put one guy in the goals yep. to see what the team 
do. So like they were hoping that teams will go into extra man formation or yeah. would go seagull it a bit, get him out of play. So that, that they relied on that. Yeah. They believed in their extra man defense um, so much. A, they were going to put pressure, but they're knowing that with every miss, it's going to be counter attack goal on yeah. the end, which kind of brings on hesitancy. Yeah, well, remember they also used to play that really high um, or yeah. one. So you'd play two players on the post, heavy there. Then on the one and four position, you'd have the A and D defender playing and really lanes. high in that lane. And then you'd have the defender in the middle out top. So straight away, if they took a shot from anywhere, they've got a three on two. It's a bit like money. Even blinking, and you might even have a three on one. And it's that money ball, right? Like it's you take the percentages because you will score, um, you know, one out of three definitely. Yeah. And w- yeah. but will they score three out of three an extra man type thing? Like it's like you're playing those percentages, but you're almost in your favour because you're yeah. playing with more attacking mindset versus the defensive mindset. So yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll, It'd be interesting. Like it'd be, you know, what what how, who's going to be the first coach or first team a country to do something totally quirky, whether they do it on stats like the Moneyball thing. Um, that said, Moneyball movie and book is a bit deceptive. Like the team actually never won a comp. They they actually just they did better than they yeah. have previously, but they actually never won. So uh, I think people think, oh, they actually end up winning. It's like no, no, they. They did yeah. really they did well really for how well much considering how much money they, they spent and how they structured yeah. a team. But yeah. Um, yeah, what about you, Jimmy? What who are your game changes? Look, I like um, I like tennis, yeah. um, and I liked how when um, Boris Becker was playing, he just had this big booming serve that no one could return, yeah. no one could return. Um, and I read the Agassi book, and he sort of worked out um, he had that tell. Yeah, the tell be able to go. Okay, he's going to serve this way or that way. But then Agassi brought in this really defensive game. So it went from being uh, – tennis went from being in the attacker's advantage to these incredible defensive players. Um, Novak Djokovic, similar, he's just got incredible defence. So it, they couldn't hit these winners. So it, it then changed the way that the game was played again. So it went from an attacking mindset to still an attacking, but the defence was so good you had to be more considered with your approach. Um, and I guess when we, if you look at water polo um, – I think the one, one a big game changer was the Australian women's team won in 2000, right? And they had a really athletic, skillful um, approach to water polo. It was a very swimming orientated, very skillful. Um, the way that they played, the way that the um, the way that they trained was that really skillful, really athletic. Then in the early 2000s, the, what's when the US started being really dominant, they big, strong players. They brought in just that big power game. And, and I think a lot of teams have struggled to sort of keep up with that. Mm-hmm. Yes, the US have got this big breeding ground, this big system of um, so many juniors coming through. They've got an amazing structure in place. But um, I think they that early 2000s US women's team was a big game changer. Yeah, um I was just thinking, like, in soccer, there's probably a fair few game changes. Like, um, like are you probably even, like, thinking along the lines of not just teams, but even, like, training facilities, techniques, yep. you know, like, um, like how teams or some sporting teams, whether it's water polo and water polo, they just change everything, how they approach the training. 
to change the performance. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, and you, you t- we talk about soccer, and I love how with soccer there's so much gamification within what they do. They play small games. They everything is about small games to build up skill, and they change. They play these different um, skill-based games to to improve their um, to improve their overall game. Um, and and I think there's so much of that that we could probably bring into our sport. Yeah, it's a uh, thing I've been pondering this week, and again. Uh, sorry to listeners because it's all influenced by watching too much UFC. But like, if you look at a martial artist, they got there's so many things they can be better at. Yeah. Um, whether it's grappling, striking, uh, wrestling, uh, defending SNK, transitions. There's so much, right? Yeah. But I talk about like um, some of the greatest MMA fighters or um, uh, yeah, martial artists. They weren't best at everything. They were probably 60% at everything, but they were really yeah. good at transitions. And it kind of made me think about water polo because we always kind of chase to be best at swimming, best at shooting, and there's a point of diminishing returns. Like yep. how much better water polo player are you going to be if you improve your 50-meter sprint by one second in 12 months? Like how is that really going to change your game? Look, I agree with what you're saying. And I think you do need to look at a, a holistic attitude. But I think for top water polo players, you need a 10. You need one skill that yeah. that's a 10, whether that's a, whether that's a shot, whether that's um, your centre forward play, whether that's your, um, your swimming. And you say, yeah, if I can improve a second on my 50, I'd be more thinking about I'm improving my explosiveness into counterattack so that I can get – and so then suddenly you're getting one, two, three breaks a game. And adding that into your arsenal, but, I, but I, is that on yeah. what you said? Is that swimming speed, or is that game knowledge, body positioning, and yeah, look, getting? Yeah, it's all of the above. Because um, my point is, I guess where I was going with it is like, you and I can jump in a pool, improve our swimming times, or we yep. can get a player. We can probably improve our um, shot speed, like by just shooting straight line, whatever. But I don't necessarily think by increasing that is going to necessarily make us a better water polo player. Or time spent on those things, like just doing, you know, let's say if you're doing 11 swimming sessions a day or you're doing, you know, spending six hours on just shooting in front of goal. Yeah, it's going to help, no doubt. Yeah. It's going to make you a, a better athlete. But is it smart to be doing same stuff over and over? And like I at what point does yeah. he do lose the, the returns? And look, I guess I'm saying it's not, Doing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. Working on a shot is not just sitting and throwing a straight goal. Oh, which people do, though. Yeah. That's my, yeah. Yeah, and I think, that, and to me, that's not actually improving your shot. That's How often? Including your one plane of motion. But if you want to say, I want to improve, I want a 10 shot, then you've got to work on all aspects of your shooting. How often have you seen coaches coaching, inverted commas coaching, sitting in the stands, and the team's got three players out front? And the goalie and just throwing balls for like an hour, and well, it's you all know, the time. yeah, and all it's the like time. to me, I reckon if anything, it teaches you. And look, I'm guilty of it. Like I've done it, you know. Like, but ultimately, it just teaches you better habits. Like, and this is me trying to be a little bit game changing here on this pod. Like, you know, how do you score goals moving off the ball? Mate, you know, lateral. Like I it's agree. like, so does that mean is it a shot or is it ability to shift and move? And then again. I'm frothing yeah. on, on on fighting here, yep. but something that you don't see as an amateur 
fighter, I guess, what you don't see is how well they move laterally. And they talk about, yep. you'll see a commentator talk about changing angles, changing angles, constantly changing angles. So, the, yep. you know, sometimes when you see fighters and they're just standing in front of each other, even if it looks like they're not doing anything, it's a constant bell of them trying to find the angle, find the range. Yep. In the water polo terms, we don't spend enough time, I reckon, traditionally. And look, and, and you know, for me, having good body position, being able to work work on those small little angles, being able to get your body in the right position, to, to me that's one of the most important fundamental things about water polo yeah. and, and about any sport. You've got to have that base and if that base is your leg work, your core, but being able to jump high out to your togs just yeah. straight in the air, that's not good legs. Good legs is being able to move laterally. It's being able to move both both sideways, forwards, in, back and off the ball and being able to get your balance Quickly and easily. And on that, being creating power in odd position. Yeah. Right. And then and it we'll talk about it in the next few episodes about training movement versus training muscle. But again, like it's what you said before, like, yeah, it's actually not that hard to get out of your cozies and throw a hard shot. It's not that difficult, you know. But be able to generate power when someone's on top of you or you're yeah. off balance and put it in a pot that's to me, is like, well, that's that's going to be very useful and, and it's hard to train. Yeah. So it's like, you know, again, and then going back to the, my point, it's like, well, there is going to be times when you have to train those positions, like just traditional linear yep. positions. Yep. Like even as a junior, you probably want to build a strong base, build yep. foundations. Yep. But there's got to be a point when you go, okay, I need to start training, you know, the things that matter, you know. And I think we spoke about how... Generally, the winning goal is not your triple bar in with no defender in front of you. It's usually like a little dribbly shot, deflection, you know, like it's it's odd position yep. shot. You know, like it's not that perfect. Some bloke gets out of his cosies. Yeah, it's very often you get the perfect pass, perfect shot. Yeah. Like, things don't go to plan. And yeah. I guess it's the ability to be able to adjust and make those small movements to be yeah. able to, to deal with that and still still have the power I, to be I, able to do it. I just find it crazy, Jimmy. Like in this pod, we use the word movement, agility, odd position so much, right? Yet, if you look at uh, teams at the moment, they're training one line, whether it's a gym, whether it's swimming in a straight line, whether it's like, you know, and if, it actually pumps me up because it's – Probably something that we need to use this platform to send a message is like you need to get out of that linear, like that straight line. But it's a gym, swim, shoot. And like, is it just an education thing? Is it that coaches don't know different? They've always they just sort of go with what they but, what they were taught. And but the coaches say it, but then you see the programs, and they're like you know squatting in a gym with a barbell on the back, which is like the worst. Like I'm oh, sorry, it's not the worst, but it's like why would you do that? I tell you, I'll give you a bit of beef. I'm getting amped, amped heart, amped here. You've brought the energy level. No, up I'm, a I'm, I'm, I'm getting me thinking maybe beef, like because I've seen it on social media. I've seen it a bit uh, in Australia and overseas. My, one of my beefs at the moment is when I see a guys and girls in a gym, water polo players, doing half squats on a box with a heavy load. What are they doing that for? What that it's exactly like what's the purpose of the, doing the half movement in that what we call a sagittal plane, which mm-hmm. is like a thing with a load on your back, and it's like it, it, you know what the only th- thing I see coming out of this is your ego or coach's ego getting feels like hey look at my barbell he's got two plates on it 
type of thing versus if you're going to be doing those movements do it for mobility do it for hips ankles thoracic spine core and go deep and if you can't go deep well you need to fix your mobility like it's it's there's a dysfunctional problem up the chain so it's uh it's my beef for tonight i should you know i wish we have a segment of beefs because i I can i've got a few at the moment going into pre-season what else you got Nah, I'm gonna save it. It's uh, it's to do with training, and again, like we talk about it, but no coaches do anything about it. We talk about, you know, water pool being acceleration game, multi-directional thing, but then you see still people doing, you know, four hundreds, you know, like it's in a straight line, yeah. tumble turns, and you're like, well, don't talk, don't talk it if you're not gonna change, if you're not, if you're scared to change it, like why and. We spoke about it in one of the pods. Like, this is a time to do something different. Yeah. Like, experiment. Don't do the same shit you've been doing for the last 20 years as a coach and as a player. Also, like the, how many how many teams do you know that go, okay, well, look, the coaches, okay, these are how many in, uh, water polo sessions that I'm doing and then we do two gym sessions. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. what, what, what's, what do you do in the gym? Oh, just whatever program. Yeah, and it how does that relate to what you're doing? How does that relate to what, what tactics you're going to play in six weeks' time? How does that relate to the way that you want to play water polo? And I think that's 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 where coaches and players get in the trap when those lines are blurred. Are you a water polo player, or and it's it's almost like you're training something that's possible, not necessary. Meaning, it's not that hard to go out in a pool and swim, and we know that it's like falling back to something that's easy versus. Yep you know what, my legs suck. (laughs) Instead of worrying about doing 6K sessions, I'm just going to spend quality half an hour on just getting my legs right and doing different directions, movements, think about the games, think about the times you get smoked and defense and work on that. And it's like, you can't, we said, I think we spoke about someone on the guest, it's like, we we, we get trapped in the things we can measure rather than we can use. You know, it's like, and then, on that point, from zooming out, coaches just want to add sessions, meaning, oh, we may, we need to do 11 sessions, so it will be, you know, whatever, swimming, gym, whatever. Like, it's like, well, no, is it, is it intensity or consistency? Like, is it in, in intensity or consistency, right? Like, it's because yeah. you can, you can add sessions, but if they're just... Yeah, if it's just to make up the numbers, then... Yeah, what's the point? This has a negative impact on players' psyches and they're yeah. just like, what am I doing here? And then going back to my point about martial arts, it's not like when you're training for martial arts, you're learning a new skill. You're trying to master a new kick, an elbow, a technique. They talk about techniques. Yeah. But quite often, you know, you're doing the same stuff Yeah. in water polo, I mean. But in water polo, there's, there's just as many different facets of the game. Like You could be doing... Learning something oh, different and I new agree. every single session. I agree. You can break down yeah, the game. Every, every single week, you know. Like totally. I, I still think you need repetition to get something to, to learn it, but you could be doing something different every single week. You can break down the game in the smallest bits. I reckon you can break it down to like just taking off in a counterattack. Just like the yeah. first kick on a counterattack. Yeah. How often do we practice that? Just go like, you know what, I'm going to do 10 does and work on my explosive starts which is really the difference between getting counter-attack or not and in a different body position. Yeah, and how many, how many times do you reckon people do cumulative counter-attack and yeah. just go through the motions? Totally. Yeah, totally. Off the start, they're like, oh, okay, well, I know the coach is going to give me a half a body length start, yeah. so I'll kind of go, and I know the bloke behind me probably won't go that hard either, but why not work it off the start? Why not think of a drill that, okay, well, this actually 
this actually enables me to to work on that skill and look where it's also hard for a coach is sometimes sometimes when you're experiment things don't go as you planned yeah. in your head you kind of have it going this is how i want it to happen and and you got 13 14 20 people looking at me going like what's this drill you're doing with us i don't get it, it doesn't make yeah. sense and but you've got to be afraid to sometimes not gotta, not work you know and yeah you gotta you gotta try it right and also it's one of those things getting like i've been watching a lot of sporting document docos lately and it's like it seems the successful coaches get a buy-in from players before they do yep. it to explain why you're doing it i had coaches when you just rock up and you do this random thing and you're like i'm open to learn but what are we doing yeah, why like, are we doing Yeah, this? exactly. Just yeah. give me a reason, yeah. like, rather than like, oh, okay, we're going to do this weird drill that I don't understand what you're saying. Well, it all, <laughs> we've talked about this before. It goes back to purpose. Yeah. And if you're clear with what your purpose is and you explain the purpose and what, how, that, how what you're doing strategically ladders into that. Now, that applies for sport. That applies for business. That applies for, for anything. You've got to take people on the journey with you. And that's when athletes will go, do you know what? We're trying something here. I get what we're trying. Actually, coach, what if we kind of did it this way? Yeah. I hear what you're saying, but actually in the water here, it's a little bit different. What if we did this? And that's where that coach-athlete feedback's got to be really fluid. Yeah, the like, communication. Yeah, like, yeah, you don't want your athletes talking back the whole time and yeah. complaining, but that's where that, that communication's going to come. Which I'll add another point that I think it's not really talked about, and it comes down to point of doing sessions for sake of sessions if you've got players that are rocking up sessions and they're tired and not concentrating it, it, it's not point doing anything if they're not you know if they haven't slept properly if they haven't hydrated it's like it's and if your players are tired skip the session or do something different just yeah. watch a video just watch yeah. the game of 99 9 olympic grand final and discuss that or watch a different sport even like i just yeah. i don't know like i'm pretty fired up about it because i just I guess tonight, I feel from what I've seen of you know seasons or pre-seasons about to start, yep. nothing's changed. From and it's a look. To be fair, it's a small, it's a small pool, and I'm just judging from what I've seen yeah. on social media, which is not yep. good. But I'm fired up, Jimmy. Yeah, but even like you look at this was this was an opportunity for even the structure of tournaments to to try something different. Yeah. You know, this is where things could be done differently at a state level, at a national level, at a even at a club level. Things can be done differently, and everyone can go. You know, we're going to try something different because there's been a pandemic, and let let's just try something. Yeah. If it doesn't work, we can go. Well, you know what? We tried it because 2021 is going to be a weird season anyway, so let's just try it. Yeah, totally. I haven't seen anything. Um. On game changes, Jimmy. Yep, we spoke about our players. What do you think the ultimate setup looks like? As in ultimate pool, gym, yeah, like the actual physical water polo setup looks like. In your opinion, what is the ultimate? Let's, uh, let's start with a swimming pool. Yeah, so I'd like a. We could have anything. Well, sorry, sorry. I'll, if you're going to build water polo purpose facility that's yep. going to be training and games, what would it be? All right. So I want two 30-metre pools next to each other, right, side by side. So you could have two full-length fields next to each other. 
then I want the ability to be able to, instead of having side by side, have one go straight through the middle of that with a giant stand around it. Oh, sick. Like Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can set it up to have two games going concurrently or open it up and you have the big Coliseum. In the suburbs of Sydney, which suburb would it be in? I want it on the water somewhere. Yeah. So look... Birchgrove Oval. Let's turn that into. Um, let's Silly. turn that into. Can you catch a ferry there? You yeah, there's old Longnose Point. I don't think it's called Longnose any ferry yeah. anymore. But um, you need a ferry. You need crowds to rock in. How good would that be? Just get the ferry into the game. Yep. Yep. Flares. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that's a pool. Then what kind of um, what else have we got? Well, I mean, obviously pool. Like, like uh, the little details. Um, I would like to have, from training point of view, I would like to have a pool side. To be honest, you can do this at Dorney's. I could probably do it in most pools, but like somewhere you can do like a lot of attaching. Like as in, what I mean by that is like attach the bands, the ropes. Yep. Like yep. Uh, obviously you want to put... Rebound walls yeah, to pass off that. Kind of yep. like um, yeah, something you can just kind of build on top of with different yep. drills. Yep. And again, going back on not doing the same stuff have ability to train the lateral movement. So be able to attach a long band to be able to do legs in the lateral movement and shooting. Yep. You know, so I guess yep. build that so you can coach or train those things. Um, I think something that I haven't seen too much of, I know there is bits of it. I shouldn't say I haven't seen it. Like um, generally in water pool, we do strength conditioning in the gym and then we kind of do water pool and conditioning in the water. Yep. But I think there's a place to do strength conditioning in the water. Mm-hmm. So, and look, people have, obviously, most people have used the med ball. Yep. Um, but generally, the med ball drills are, you know, holding the ball above your head. Or, you know, some yep. coaches have yep. kind of done a bit of rotational stuff. But, like, you want to, I think, train that aspect of a game to be stronger, faster. So, training that rotation or three uh, or lateral or frontal plane yep. uh, motion. So... Bands, attachments to be able to do that. So rebounders, so you can do practice your cross face, yep. throwing in, cross face, throwing it yep. in. Um, I would like some sort of tech in there because uh, I'm building my own thing. So meaning that I can, because we're not going to be doing straight line swimming much. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see the strain or how much people are working. So whether it's like GPS yeah. or heart rates. Um, so have you got those? So if someone's got, say a whoop band on or something like that would you want a like a giant scoreboard so that you could actually yeah, see cool. how everyone's going so you could look over and go a little jimmy mate yeah you can probably push yourself a little harder here or well you can easily do it like depends what you're doing right like if you're trying to get okay i want everyone to be training in a 80 percent of their max heart rate and if i see for you maybe i say if you're doing some drill with a medium band for you might need to have heavy band yep. to you know bump you up so it's like oh jimmy put your heavy band on and yep. aaron you're being weak so put light band on yep. and off you go so yeah it'd be good to have like some sort of scoreboard cameras so you can um like a, you know how like at rugby league they have drones and stuff so yep. i actually you know what i would have like a, just a social media guy there non-stop flying the drones taking photos be like i think pro record yep. does a bit of that yeah yep. so i would want to have a pool set up for cameras um, good lighting. Yep, good lighting. Um, good sound system. I think I like also talking about environments. You know, 
So do you like music while, love you're, while you're training? Totally. I mean, there's time yeah. when you need to f- focus, but there's times if you're doing drills or whatever, like pump it up, you know, like change energy. Like, I don't know, like it's, you want to play an environment. You don't want to do it the same, be in the same environment all the time. That's my belief. Um, what snacks have you got on pool deck? Uh, I've got coconut water. Yep. i got Endura. Yep. Um, i got... Um, I think that's uh, food. Look, I'll probably have some fresh watermelon and grapes. Yeah, on no the way like out. protein bars or anything, or gels, or um, yeah, I think actually now you bring it up, it'll probably be nice for players or athletes to just finish and have like a uh, somebody can just fill that protein shake with, sorry, that b- yeah. bottle with a protein straight up off the bat. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. That's actually. Nutrition side of it makes it easier, right? To have your dinner. Well, actually, you know what? I'll have a restaurant. I'll have a sushi train on the pool. Sushi yeah. train. That's straight straight after training. That's your go-to. Just yeah, but you can use sushi train for anything. You can like have a Mexican food. Yep. Like the train be mixture of different things. It yep, won't be just, just Japanese. It, it won't be just Japanese. You know what I would do? I would just like go through all the dominant water pollinations, and each session will have a theme. So. Uh, if you're playing Spanish, maybe uh, chorizos, uh, tomatoes, uh, paella. Yep. If you're playing yep. Italians, obviously pizza. Pizza. Italian, like over yeah. the, you know, I was just, I was just, you know, again, change it up. In Croatia, I reckon I had my best ever omelette. Oh really? Yeah. What was that? What was in your omelette? A lot of cheese. Oh. Bit of bacon. Bit of mushroom. So would you have a um, for Croatia night? You have a omelette. More breakfast. It'd be, it'd be good to get listeners' input. What night would they want to have, and what food they would uh, like yeah. to be served up? Yeah, yep. I think Kazakhstani night would be tough. <laughs> 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 I think that it's like. Um, well, uh, I haven't done my uh, facts checking here <laughs> again. <laughs> but I think the national drink is like uh, horse's milk or something like something really random. Actually, you know what? Let's Google this. Up. Oh, you know what? I might be mixing it with the Mongolia. <laughs> um, all right, Kazakhstani. Uh, I can't even spell Kazakhstan. Starts with a K. Got that one, right? Yeah. Okay, Kazakhstan. National uh, national dish. Oh, it's up there. Not the first. What? It's a uh, national dish is bash bashkamarmak bashkamarmak. Okay, what's in it? Um, it is the king of table and the festivity. Um, doesn't say what's in it. Uh, we should try these ten dishes. I'm a bit worried if they don't tell us what's in it. It doesn't look for listeners. It looks like, um, it looks like someone's throwing up a uh, steak, and we'll put some onion on top. Oh, here we go. Uh, it is horse meat. Focus on mutton and horse meat, as well as various milk products. Yeah, I think you kind of lost me with that one. 
Yeah, Kazakhstan. I might get sick on Kazakhstan training night. Yeah, that's got to be a Sunday night, yeah. Brazilian night would be good. Yep, good. Good meat. Yep, good uh, meat. Yeah. Oh, it's good. So, yeah, that's my food. What about your gym? What would your ultimate gym look like? Oh, I like an outdoor gym. Yeah, it's good. Half indoor, half, half outdoor. Yep. Yeah, if it's raining. Yep. Yeah, just or even if it's hot, you know, you go under a little bit of shade. Uh, mate, you're the expert on gyms. What do we, mate, what do uh, we need in there? What does a good, what does a good gym have uh, on the top? Look, obviously very biased. Uh, I probably would just kit it out with lots of kettlebells, few straps, TRXs, Olympic rings. Um, uh, but you know what? Like jokes aside, uh, my ultimate gym would be probably more focused on recovery than anything. Yeah, I'll have bells. I'll have you know. Some traditional stuff, but I love to have like a sauna, infrared sauna. I like to have a cold bath pool. Um, I would love to have, um, yeah, like a like a the thing that's kind of a bit of trending in the moment, or there will be anyways, like um, blood flow restriction bands. So have some of those bands you can just kind of pump the blood a bit more yeah. or restrict the blood. Blood, yeah. Um, yeah, like red light. Red light panels. Yep. Uh, so blast yourself with red light. Um, yeah, that sort of stuff. Like more recovery focus versus... And to be honest, like I believe... I know I, I, I'll be... If I was in charge of institutes like N-Swiss and whatever, yep. I would start changing my gyms into more open space, more recovery, mobility, saunas, yep. red lights. Um, and probably putting them where the athletes are. Totally, right? So yeah. you don't have to travel to um, to a venue. It's there at the pool. You've got the access. Well, right AIS has got a pretty sweet setup. I'm not sure when's the last time you've been to AIS, but it, as you go there when they had a recovery centre yep. next to the new pool. Look, they had a recovery, I don't know if it was the, yeah, it was the, the recovery centre, but they also had a lot of stuff in the pool. Like they yeah. actually had the hot, they had the, the ice bars, they had the um, yeah, the hot and cold. Um, they had a lot there. Yeah, the new one is pretty sweet. they got a massage chairs and you basically walk straight from the pool training. You can go straight into like a, they've got a massive ice baths and showers and stuff. And I would just probably have a similar setup, but just have yeah, more, because also like ice baths, yes, they're great, but it's not for everyone. Mm. So it's like, you know, some guys probably prefer to be in sauna and sweat it out a bit more yep. and, you know, have the nutrition part of it. Um, sleeping pods, yep. you know, a bit of a nap sees. Yep. Uh, they kind of become a bit of a trend. Do you do the, f- yeah, the floats? The, um, the I've done it. I've done float yep. tank uh, once. Um, I have those down in Canberra. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a few of those. Again, not for everyone, but for some people, it'd be yeah. great. Um, yeah, I'll be my my, my thing would be more uh, recover to train rather than trying to recover. It's not that hard to, you know, throw yeah. some weight around. You don't need a whole lot of. Yeah, know. but then to be able to do it the next day, then yeah. to be able to recover and do it again and be be beneficial. Yeah, no, we'll definitely, and 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 this will kind of probably. This is probably a teaser because I will talk about, I will discuss the training muscle versus training movement. And when you sort of start explaining that and, and debunking that, you realize you actually don't need too much for it. Um, so, well, mate, I reckon that's a pretty good tease for next week. 
Sick. Sick. Anything else you want to cover off about our perfect training environment pool match day? It's got a tunnel to get out, right? So you can play your intro song. Music. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I think I'll I'll probably want to involve audience somehow. So, you know, uh, get them a bit of wristband so lights can go off and they can wave their bands around. Or oh, you'd have the laser lights in the water, right? Oh, definitely got yeah. lasers. Yeah. 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 It'd be for, you know ga- for game day. Okay, what's our game day? So we've got the – so not only do we have the pool going through the middle, yeah. we've got the, the catwalks come up so the referees can walk down little catwalks. We've got DJ at one end of the pool. Yep. Right, so he's on, he's on far end. Then you've got the Coliseum wrapping around so he can play his music. You got the lights, full light show. So is this pool connected to the ocean? It wasn't, but yeah. it, but it can Look, be this, if you need it to this, be. This could be um, a little bit sensitive, uh, so I probably wouldn't get a green light. Council probably wouldn't approve it, but potentially like rent or borrow some dolphins, so each player gets taken riding in, like in riding on a dolphin. Yeah. Um, I've so changed my mind with the pool. It's okay. So they've recently just, I saw in the news tonight, they've announced uh, funding for a whole heap of sites around uh, around Sydney. Yeah. Cockatoo Island. Ah, there you go. Actually, the surf wave pools are getting really popular. So if you can't get dolphins, which, yeah, I think it'll be tough ask to get a dolphin. Yeah. You can body surf your way into the game. So it'll be a way like a Kelly Slater pool. You get, Mate, that's a good you get a body surf yeah. uh, in. You know, there's, what's the pool where there's actually a tunnel where you come under the tunnel into the pool? Uh, is it Germany? Is it a Germany oh, or Russia? Be, yeah. yeah. You have to go yeah. underwater. I think it's Germany. You go underwater and it's like if it's cold, if it's winter, it doesn't matter because you're going under. Yeah. Yeah, from the, out, from the outdoor pool to the indoor pool. Yeah. That's how you'd want people to come in. So the players come up in there, laser lights around. Hmm. Yeah. We, we take the Dorney barbecue, right? Yeah, you have to have a barbecue there for yeah. sure. Keep to yeah. some traditional uh, things. Yeah, like it'd be good to, yeah, just kind of entertain the audience a bit. So, yeah. What's your ultimate uh, poolside entertainment? Like, would you have uh, dancers? Would you have the drums? Um, would I you would use, use the same dolphins that carried you into the pool? I will use dolphins, but you know what? I would like to probably have a live band. Um, so you know, I'll probably, I'll probably like to have a Metallica on there. Just you know, just live. Bit aggressive. It is aggressive, but it is a big game game day. Which band would you? Oh, I'd like someone that's got a bit of light and shade. Killers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kill it. Where are they? Are they from English? I'm not sure. I don't think. I think the lead singer doesn't like flying. This is true fact. Um, so you'll, be, you'll you can have get a to boat get over here. Yeah, you all we have to police. You wouldn't be able to fly him out each game. You have to keep him here. You can live at the pool. Rolling Stones. Yeah, that'd be not bad. Just um, a bit of classic. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, uh, I'll have a little think about that. That's actually a good question. All right. Well, uh, I don't know if anyone wants to hear more of our dribble on uh, Ultimate Pool, but um, well, they can I probably suggest some idea, something we missed. I'm sure we've got like a quite creative audience, so Stokers can uh, write in, suggest, tag, send. Love it. And uh, we can build the Ultimate Stadium. Let's do it. Let's draw it up. 
Well, mate, thank you very much. And uh, yeah. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye.